Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett. And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day. If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Wednesday, November 30th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. December is literally right around the corner, and with it, the gift-giving season. And for kids, it's a unique time when they'll take part in choosing presents for their siblings, friends, and family. In short, they'll be spending money on things. Raising the question, how should we talk to kids about the green stuff? Certified financial planner Greg Merced says we have to get real. I say take the piggy bank, the envelopes and the jars and all that stuff, and throw it out the window. Use technology to teach them um, so that they can understand the real world. And we've got some great wintry date ideas for you in this week's DMP Dates. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. And I'm Megan Cloherty. The challenges of raising children are infinite, right? And there are different takes on how to prepare our kids for their financial futures. As the most expensive time of the year for families fast approaches, we reached out to Greg Merced. See, Greg is not only the CEO of a company called Busy Kid, which teaches children how to understand the value of a dollar. He's also the father of six, four of whom were able to build up their savings into the thousands before they left for college. But they're heading into a tough economy with the inflation we're all experiencing. Greg, thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Good to be with you. So the first question I want to ask is, you know, when I imagine a kid learning about inflation, I see like a baby with glasses and a little calculator and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> huh, like, do kids like learning about money? I mean, I just want to ask that off the bat. Yeah, I think kids absolutely like learning about money. I think it's the way in which you go about teaching them mm. that kind of makes a big difference, right? It can be super boring. Uh, and just drudgery, like, you know, algebra class or something. Right. But if you do it in a meaningful way, I think it's very cool. I think they love it. And I think they get they get it quickly. And then it really sets them up for success in the future. Mm. So yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the concept of, you know, buying an apple, so to speak, you know, you, I think most kids can get their head around, all right, I have $5. I want to buy a very expensive apple. I don't know why I use that example. Um, but, you know, inflation is kind of a more complex topic. It's like, oh, how far does those $5 go? That apple can fluctuate in price. So, you know, let's just start off. Like, how do you bring up the topic of inflation to kids? Okay, so I think the way you do that is you do it in the normal flow of your life. Okay, this is actually pretty easy. Um, if you're going to, you know, you're driving the minivan, I'll just, you know, use the proverbial <laughs> minivan, right? right? You're driving the minivan around, you got your kids in it, and you pull into the gas station. Bingo, this is a place you can talk about this stuff, right? They probably heard you complain about the gas prices, right? <laughs> They're at all time highs. Everybody's been impacted. It, it's affecting all of our all of our budgets, all of our wallets. Instead of just like grumbling about it, use this as a, a teaching opportunity for your kids. Hey, hey guys, um, you know, we're filling up the minivan again because I have to drive you to piano practice and soccer and all this stuff. Mm. Um, it used to cost us $50 to fill it up. Now it costs us 80. That's what inflation is when something used to cost less than it does now. And then you can broaden that a little bit and say, you know, the other thing about this is uh, you know how expensive the tires are on this minivan? Like if we had to replace these tires or how about we, to insure it and to register it and to wash it 
and to maintain it. And like, boom, it automatically just becomes this platform that you can talk to them about this stuff and let them start understanding it at a very basic level. But it's in the normal flow of your life. Right. It's super, it's actually fairly easy. Grocery store, same thing. Hey, we're going to buy these eggs. They used to cost $269. Now they're $489. Right. Like, holy smokes, that's a lot. And we eat like, you know, two dozen of them a week or whatever. <laughs> hey, I had I had six kids. We ate a lot of stuff. So. Right. Totally. <laughs> so just start teaching them with examples so it crystallizes in their brain. And bringing us back to the minivan, you know, you're in the gas station. What if you have like a really <laughs> inquisitive kid and they're like, why? You know, like, wh- why is this? uh gas so much more expensive how, how do you explain that oh boy now this is a this is a quickly political kind of discussion particularly maybe um but i think you could probably do kind of a, a high level overview like supply demand kind of conversation right mm. uh, i don't think that you have to get overly like you know start you know cussing the government leaders or something <laughs> but i think you could start talking about well when there's less of it flying around when there's less of it being brought to the station to fill it up that makes the demand you know that demand supply uh, dynamic happens i think that's the way to explain that mm-hmm. to them uh, in a pretty simple way right right and you know i imagine this is a conversation that's not just a one timer you know inflation is uh, ever present like in our lives so it's something you can return to time in time again you know in your work have you found that kids respond well to this and that you know it's kind of i think curiosity is a phenomenon we link with children and this could be a place where that curiosity can abound yeah absolutely kids are naturally curious about this stuff and like i said at the beginning like kids are naturally inquisitive about money because money makes the world go around right it literally is something that not only their parents deal with every day but they have to start dealing with it every day And it's going to stay that way for the rest of their lives. So if you can start teaching them basic fundamental things, and I always say that kids learn best by doing this stuff, like literally putting into practice the Mm. financial principles, right? So I think you you have to empower kids by giving them the opportunity to do it. So what do I mean by that? I mean, like literally getting them involved, earning some money, first of all, right? giving them some chores or something to do, get right. some money in their, you know, in their world and then let them buy some stock in a company that they think is cool. Like that, once again, when they have skin in the game and they start understanding like, Hey, I not only like Tesla's cause they're fast and they're electric, but I own some of their stock or whatever. I watch Netflix at night, but I actually own some of that company. Mm. It changes the, the dynamic of that. Right. And they're very interested in it, but at another level, because they're doing it, mm. right? Same thing. If they're interested in money, they're going to want their own debit card and like to go out and spend their own money and think they're cool like the parents are, you know, swipe that card. And next thing you know, they're starting to understand what I call invisible money because money is not so much, you know, cash and coins that we're like jamming in our pockets these days or our purses. It's, it's literally invisible. Mm. It's like little numbers on a screen and you're supposed to be able to like compute that. Mm. Um, and so, so let them have some experiences and learn by doing. And I can hear some parents in my head saying, oh no, I want to protect my kids kind of from this difficult world of, you know, monies and uh, monies, like dollars and cents, you know, like I want to protect them. What would you say to those concerned parents? I think you're crazy. Like why, what are you <laughs> protecting them from? 
Like they have to learn how to deal with this stuff, right? Right. And I, I think they need to embrace technology too, okay? A lot of times as a parent, you think technology is not really my friend because my, my kid is, is just sitting there scrolling. There, I, all, all I see is the top of their head. Like this, there's this adversarial kind of relationship with kids and technology these days with parents. This is, this is one of those kind of outliers that let them use technology because number one, they're good at it. They get it. Um, but it's the way that it's going. Like this is where it's going, guys. We, we can bury our heads, I guess, and like haul out the piggy bank and stick it on the dresser. But uh, it's just not like that anymore. So I say take the piggy bank, the envelopes and the jars and all that stuff and throw it out the window. Use technology to teach them. Um, so that they can understand the real world, because that's where they're headed. So financial literacy, you know, is something that's really mm-hmm. important. I think a lot of people, you know, maybe get into their 20s and 30s and they're like, oh, wait a minute, there's this whole world of finance that I had no idea about. Is that what you're trying to kind of protect against, like making sure people are exposed to the financial world? Because yeah. the biggest factor in the financial world is time, right? The time you have to kind of use it. Yes. So... Why would you set your kid up for a big fat surprise when they get to college to figure out that they're clueless? Like, I don't understand that, right? That to me is a disservice to your kid. What you need to do is start teaching them this stuff early, let them have experiences, let them start saving some money, investing some money, understanding when they slide the card, like, holy smokes, the money disappears, as opposed to the old get a credit card right as you show up to your college and, and you're like, woohoo, I, I could spend it. I don't have to pay for it. Like, that's crazy, right? Mm. Let's not do that because that hasn't worked. Uh, lots of people have that experience like, oh, I showed up at college and I had like no idea, right? That's kind of typical. Let's break that mold. Let me give you an example. Um, I've had, I, like I said, I have six kids. Five of them have well, four have flown the nest and one is getting ready to, okay? <laughs> and so every one of them, just by learning these basic things, and I'm not like honking my own horn, like I'm the best teacher at this because, you know, I'm, I'm not. But, but if, you, if you're fairly consistent in the, as a parent, they get it. Four and going on five, all of them have had 10 grand uh, saved up before they left the nest. Like to me, that seems amazing. Um, and like I said, I'm not like, Hey, will you wash the minivan and I'll give you 300 bucks. Like I'm not doing that. Right. Okay. It's just, they learn and they're like, Oh, wow. I don't need to just like blow everything I make. And then the next thing you know, they're saving, they got a little stock portfolio. Like that's awesome. Mm. And they're not going to be the guy who shows up at college and is like totally clueless and, you know gets a BMW and starts using their credit card. Right. That's not happening, right? And circling back to this idea of inflation, you know, inflation is a force that's really hard to control. Obviously, we're seeing the Fed try to do that. Um, But, you know, there are some personal things you can do to buffer yourself from the ills of inflation. And it sounds like kind of getting some skin in the game in the stock market, you know, could be a way to do that. Is that what you're saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm saying use a balanced financial approach okay if you are blowing everything you earn and inflation starts happening you're going to get crushed okay that's just all there is to it um because at the end of the day at the end of the month you know there's not enough money for what you're trying to accomplish right because the prices are going up um so you have to have a balanced financial approach if you just earn it and burn it 
all time, all the time, you're going to be crushed by things like inflation. So what I'm saying is use a balanced approach, save some, give some to some things that you care about, and then also spend it responsibly. And next thing you know, you have a little bit of a cushion there so that if things get a little out of control with inflation or something else, there's always something, right? Right. Um, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. Your car is going to break. Uh, the prices of gas or eggs or whatever is going to go up. Rent is going to go up. Um, every, you know, interest rates are going to go up. Like we're experiencing like a whole bunch of that stuff all at once right now. But those kinds of things are always going to be happening. This is just the world we live in, right? Mm. So if you can teach a balanced financial approach early in life, that's going to not only create a cushion earlier, but it's also going to set in place a philosophy, a, 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 you know, a way of thinking about money that's going to naturally insulate them from some of that, uh, some of the repercussions of these things, just like inflation. Mm. In other words, the stakes are kind of high, you know, like uh, th there's a lot to lose. Really or high. To gain here. Yeah, they're really high. I mean, if, if you are so thin, like you, you, you got nothing going on or you're actually going in the hole every month, you don't have much room for uh, for error, right? Right. And the stakes are super high. Right. So balanced financial approach every time you earn money, that's the way to do it. Greg Merced, thanks so much for coming on the show to really walk through you know this idea of inflation, this idea of teaching it to our kids and how it's kind of important. Really important. Thanks, Lou. <laughs> thanks, Greg. <laughs> And tis the season for a romantic wintry date. We've got two solid options, including boats and... Soccer. <laughs> Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602, changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. And before we go, it's been a while since we've done a little DMV date segment together. That's true. I know. I'm kind of excited. <laughs> we usually bring in a, a guest, but I feel like we are both the guests. That's true. Time. It's been a while. Um, why don't you start with okay. your DMV date option one? So be warned. The date starts early. We're talking like waking up probably at 7 a.m. Nope. And you meet your date at Union Station around, you know, 7.45 a.m., 8 okay. a.m. Okay. You take a little quick walk to Sodoma Coffee and Tea. It's like a nice local roaster, um, really good coffee, really good breakfast sandwiches. Order two coffees and, you know, two breakfast sandwiches, important mm -hmm. for later. Okay. And order an Americano. And mm. when you do this, you'll look over to your date and be like, oh, did you know why they call it an Americano? And hopefully they say, no, what the heck? Why why they call it an Americano? <laughs> And you'll say, well, Americano means American in like four different languages. One of them is Italian. And in World War II, you know, GIs went over to fight 
um, Mussolini and, you know, fascists and all yes. that stuff. And they wanted coffee. And they didn't like the espresso, highly concentrated, highly caffeinating coffee. So they asked the baristas there to pour in hot water. And there you go. The Americana was created. Mm. And, you know, it's a nice worldly fun fact, and your date will be very impressed. I've used <laughs> that, like, many times, and it's totally worked. So hopefully it works for you. After you get your coffee, it's about, you know, 9 a.m., you walk a few blocks north to Wonder Garden for the USA-Netherlands game. They have an awesome watch party. They've been doing watch parties, like, throughout this entire World Cup season, if yeah, you will. Yeah. Um, they do a really good job. You can get more coffee there, obviously drinks, and more food. So then you watch the game. You know, games are kind of exciting. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, the U.S. wins. Hopefully USA wins. If they don't, you know, it's still you get to, like, have high energy with your date. And then it's, like, noon <laughs> at this point. And you've already been on a date for five hours. Oof. So um, hopefully it's going well. And then you can keep going on your date. And then, you know, player's choice at that point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I like it. I mean, I think I feel like everybody's going to be watching the World Cup. It'll be really raucous and fun. Yeah. Um, but my day has nothing to do with soccer. That's okay. And it's on Saturday. So if you're not really into the whole soccer thing. Or, or 7 a.m. thing. Or the, well, you know I'm not. <laughs> um, although we will say it is supposed to rain on Saturday. That's true. There is indoor options for yeah. all these places. Mine is not indoor, but mine doesn't start till later. I think right now in the forecast, it's supposed to rain until like 2 o'clock. So. Okay. Heads up on that one. Um, my date is in Alexandria's Old Town. There are kind of two simultaneous events going on, holiday-themed. The first, I'll just, not the first, but just one of them is the Holiday Soiree, which mm. is from 2 to 7 o'clock. And basically, they're going to have live music. They're going to have all of these artisans out with, like, kind of a, a Christmas market-type yeah. feel. Um, all the artists are curated by the Alexandria Art Alliance. And... The whole terrace, like amphitheater, I don't know if you've been down there recently, but it's really cool. They deck the whole thing out, Whoa. and then they're going to have live bands there. So That's it's, huge. It's a great, like, just walk around, sip on some hot chocolate. I think Port City Brewing Company is going to have a pop-up beer garden. Mm. Just sort of a wander, totally. you know? But I did find, this is kind of, because I'm a dork, this is, like, exciting to me. They're going to have a leather coaster-making stand. Everyone needs coasters. A make-your-own-gift wrap and holiday ornaments. So you can kind of have like a little date memento. Totally. Isn't or just cute? make some gifts, you know, like having uh, some knickknacks yeah, in I also, store is good before the holiday season. I also like that this is like kid friendly. So if you have a kid with you, a lot of yeah. you know, single parents out there, whatever, or families who want to, parents who want to go on a date, oh my gosh, um, could bring <laughs> could bring their kids because there's a lot going on for kids here. Um, but also then at 530, the Alexandria Boat Parade begins and there's 50 boats. Whoa. Yeah. That line up and they're all like, you know, covered in lights and some of them have themes and they go down the Potomac and you just kind of watch and take it all in. Yeah, it's a cool thing. Although I will say anybody going to Alexandria on any weekend will tell you there's no parking. Right. (laughs) So there will be no parking. They have they have five dollar parking at underground garages, but I would say go early. Don't show up at five o'clock and expect to find something. So, um, you know, that's pretty obvious. But wow. it sounds like a fun day to me as long as the weather holds. Totally. And, you know, if you really want, you could just start at 7 a.m. at Union Station <laughs> and make all your way to Alexandria, just have like a 10-hour date. But that's a lot. That's You don't want to put someone through that. That's yeah, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you got to really be on a good date for that one. 
Well, that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We're brought to you by Steamfitters, local 602, and our music is by Real World. Leave us a review and rate our show if you get the chance, and let us know if you go on one of these dates. We are <laughs> posting, of course, on social media every day, and would love it if you became a VIP listener at dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area. 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at WTOP.com, and of course on the WTOP News app. Megan, you have something else to say? I forgot my fun fact. Let's hear it. I'm sorry, but if you stick around for this long, you're welcome. <laughs> All right, this is my fun fact about Alexandria. Sir William Berkeley, the governor of Virginia in 1669, gifted Alexandria to this guy named Robert Housen. As one does. As you do. <laughs> <laughs> then Alexandria gets its name from a Scottish man who bought the land from Housen. His name was John Alexander. Mm. He bought the land for 6,000 pounds of tobacco. Wow. And uh, thus you have. Talking about inflation, I don't even want to know <laughs> how much that costs. Well, but I always wondered why Alexandria had like a kind of a Scottish, like yeah. it has like, you know, Irish and Scottish stores and totally. it kind of has like that heritage. There you That's go. why John Alexander was Scottish. Well, the more you know. Have a good night, everyone. See you tomorrow.